right, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the uh, Miseducation of Sheltered Bill. It's a podcast where we talk with my friend Bill Clem about I, hi Bill, about the things that he missed out on as a youth and probably doesn't appreciate in the same way that normal people do. Joining me as always, Rick Bailey. Hi, hi Rick. So Bill, uh, last week we gave you an assignment. Uh, to watch a classic, classic movie for the holidays, uh, A Christmas Story. Yes, and I did watch that movie. Great. In its entirety? <laughs> yes, I watched it uh, from front to back, as they say about books. In one sitting? Yes. Okay. Well, I mean, over the course of one, I had to, I had to stop it a couple of times because the phone rang. The best way to watch a movie. Yeah, yeah. Continuity be damned. <clears throat> You know, life doesn't always pause, but movies do. You can quote me on that. Nice. Is that a quote from Movie Phone? <laughs> What's that? Movie phone? Life doesn't always stop, <laughs> but movies do. Movie Phone. I just remember, I still <laughs> no. can't ever think about anything except the time I called Movie Phone and, you know, give me all the answers with that robot voice, and it was... Dude, where's my car? <laughs> it's definitely not how you say that title, but I'll tell you. Yeah. And just just to clarify, the quote was life doesn't always pause. Movies do. You said stop and life does always stop. I thought the quote was I watch my movies a quarter mile at a time. <laughs> a quarter hour at a time. That would have been funnier. Well, I'll cut it together in post. <laughs> I think we should uh I think we should just dive right into this. Um let's uh let's hear let's hear some opening remarks. Yeah, about what what were your initial day. thoughts? Okay, so let's get into is it a Christmas story or just Christmas story? It's a Okay. A Christmas story. Okay. So going in, uh I was aware that it was like a thing that everyone has seen and that's always on and there's you know I knew it had something to do with a leg lamp and a BB gun that's about all I knew about it right which I was not disappointed both of those things were in it yeah, although prominent yeah although I thought the leg lamp was going to be a bigger deal than it was it was like two scenes so but uh let's let's not get sidetracked yet okay so here's here's my here's my initial thoughts Hey, um, actually, I think maybe we should change the name of the podcast to let's not get sidetracked yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Keep going. We, did someone win or are we still playing? Did, let's save the sidetracking for later. <laughs> uh, okay. So my, my initial reaction was it wasn't bad. It wasn't um, as cheesy or hokey as I thought it was going to be. It was actually put together pretty well and written well. Um, it did not have any story to it, really. I mean, it's it's a slice of life. This happens, and then this happens, and this this happens. So there, there was no building action. The scenes don't really build on top of each other to some big finale or anything like that. So it, it almost felt like a movie that could have been based on a true story or something like that, right? Uh, yeah. What is your favorite movie that has a lot of story to it? Oh, man. 
my favorite movie that has a let's, lot let's, of story. Let me think about that. I'll come, I'll come back to that. Well, and I'll tell you why I asked. Because last week, you mentioned that Goodfellas had no story to it. Right. And, and it was based on a true story. And that's adventure. why. He was Big Adventure had no story to it. So, well, sure. Yeah. Also true. Now, Christmas Story doesn't. Um, I feel a Christmas Story is more of a coming of age movie, which is not always going to be a story, you know. It's right. Not, yeah. It's, it's I, fine. I, I agree. Just, that is what it is. I just want to make sure that you. But I, I sort of feel like you also think Pee Wee's Big Adventure is a coming of age story. In fact, I think you said that in the last episode. Uh, yes, he did. And yeah, my guess is you probably think Goodfellas is also a coming of age story. No, I feel like Goodfellas has a lot of story to it. It just also involves the shenanigans. Antics, I believe you said. <laughs> yeah, yes. So less antics in this movie. Um, okay. As far as felonies go. Uh, it was like a, I have written down, it was like a slice of life, like just vignette scenes. It makes sense to me why it's always on like why TBS would play it 24 hours a day around Christmas time. Cause it's one of those movies that if you've seen it before, you don't need to watch the whole thing. In fact, my guess would be most people don't watch that movie from beginning to end very often. They see bits and pieces of it and it reminds them of it and they feel good about it. It's, it's kind of exactly how I categorize all these things as it's a nostalgia thing. Right. If you saw it, especially if you saw it when you were a kid and you thought it was funny, then you want to see him open the leg lamp and you want to see that kid get his tongue stuck to the pole. You just you want to see those like classic funny moments, but you don't really care if you see the movie again. Right. Well, it's a pretty easy movie to know what's happening next and what's just happened. Um, Mm -hmm. Well, real quick, did you happen to when you watch these movies, do you do any research? Do you look back and pay attention to them at all or do you just kind of go with the flow well on an initial viewing i'm just gonna watch it do you can you guess when this movie was made well i mean it's it's obviously made looking back in time so it's not supposed to be current it's a nostalgic movie because he's narrating it as an adult right it's like a uh it, it had a sandlot feel to it, right? Where it's being made in one time, looking back at a further time. So I would guess it's made in the eighties takes place in the sixties. Well, it's, uh, yeah. it's set in the forties. It's set in the forties. Oh, okay. You know, they, they didn't have a TV or anything. <laughs> yeah. Not everyone has a TV. Well, yeah. okay. it was, it was a radio show situation. Um, yeah, no. Uh, well, just the was, time that like Little Orphan Annie was on, and all the things they talk about, the cars that are in it are oh, all the thirties yeah, and forties yeah. cars. The Ovaltine and yes. his Dakota ring and it being yeah. a commercial. Um, yeah, that was that, I liked that scene. That was good yeah. when he, he was decoding the thing. Nineteen eighty-three. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just I just because I was going to ask you, do you feel like it felt authentic? I don't know what the forties felt like when you watch the movie, you know, you watch some movies and you're like, well, that seems a little, when you watch that movie, don't you feel like it, if there wasn't a narrator and you were looking at it from the outside of perspective, it could have just been an old movie. I don't know. It, it was a little too, <laughs> it was a little too edgy for that. In what? <laughs> wow. 
<laughs> Hot take. Uh, Christmas Story is edgy. Yeah. Can, what well, was the edgiest thing in that movie? Uh, I mean, they really danced around uh, him dropping that f bomb when he was helping his dad change the tire, and all of his dad swearing, and who said what were it just it felt like that's something you play with in a you know our era movie, even if it's for kids, but not something you would ever have seen them even talk about or joke about in a in a fifties or forties movie that was like a family movie. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, but it's not a it's not meant to be a 40s or 50s movie. It's mo- meant to be real life in the late 40s early 50s. Like, oh, my dad swears all the time, but I can't talk about it. Like, I can't tell everybody. I can talk to my friends about it, but I can't tell parents about it. So, I have to speak it in code so that it's appropriate, right? The fudge. You know, like I didn't say fudge, but you know, you have to, you can't come out and say it. So I get what you're saying. Like it's, it's not edgy. Like it's a modern day movie, but it's, it's more from the perspective of a real life person, as opposed to the, the Hollywood version of that time in uh, America. Right. Right. And I agree with that. I think what Rick was saying was that, if it wasn't narrated, you'd feel like it could have been made in the forties or like, like filmed in the forties or fifties. And I, I think it was a little more stylized than that actually would feel like it did. It didn't feel like a long episode of the Brady bunch to me, okay. which maybe, I don't know when the Brady bunch took place uh, <laughs> in the seventies. Yeah. I mean, what took place, leave it to beaver. Uh, I'm getting closer. Closer. Yeah, you're more like um, one more decade. Uh, World War Two. <laughs> <laughs> more like um, uh, those Lucy- classic episodes. <laughs> Lucille Ball show. That's fifties. Yeah. Because you remember that episode? An odd uh, couple. When they stormed the beaches of Normandy, it was amazing. Yeah, like Band of Brothers. I saw Band of Brothers. Yeah. Did that feel authentic? No. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Let's move on. Mostly it didn't feel authentic because Ross from Friends was their battalion leader. <laughs> okay. Touche. <laughs> okay. So you enjoyed the movie, but it wasn't like, oh my God, this is a great movie. Right. I would put it up there as a good movie that like if my kids wanted to watch it, I'd sit there and watch it with them. Right. But not a movie that I'm going to be like, hey, kids, it's Christmas and we haven't watched this yet. We need to make time to do this. Well, but who does that? I do. Yeah. Yeah. With what? With Elf. (laughs) And and the claymation Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Only because I really... Santa be an asshole to that reindeer the whole time? I don't really care about Santa and the reindeer. For me, it's a story about Hermie the elf who just wanted to be a dentist. <laughs> See, I I identify with Yukon Jack in that whole series. Isn't it Yukon Cornelius? Yes. I was thinking of the booze, but that's just how my brain works. <laughs> I have no opinion one way or the other about Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Rick, have you ever seen Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? Yes. Okay. All those... But I don't um, want to watch them. Now, when you say all those, what do you consider to be those? 
uh, that movie. There's a frosty movie. And then is it hot? Wait, which one has the heat miser in it? I don't know, but I know there are like several that are all like in that lane. Yeah. I just, there's certain ones that I would classify as like the classic Christmas collection. And I don't know what the heat miser is, but I would say it's, it's Rudolph and it's frosty, the snowman and the little drummer boy. And then there's probably one other one in there that I'm forgetting. There's one, there's a little drummer boy movie. Yeah. No. Yeah. That's, and it's claymation like the other ones. Yeah. Yeah. I think I've seen that. Well, I mean, technically, Frosty the Snowman isn't claymation. It's hand-drawn animation. The, the Heat Miser is from um, the year without Santa Claus, without a Santa Claus. Yeah, never saw that one. Yeah, The Heat Miser sounds like a uh, thermometer you buy for your house in 1962. I think it sounds like Ebenezer Scrooge. Because it has Zezer in it? No, Zyzer. because in... <laughs> No, you idiot. It's pronounced uh, Ebenezer Scrooge. <laughs> because in the beginning of A Christmas the Carol, idiot. they're working on Christmas Eve, and uh, Bob Cratchit is asking for another lump of coal to put on the fire because it's so cold, and Scrooge gives him a lecture about how much coal costs. So he's literally a heat miser. No, I, and I like Christmas movies. I mean, I like the... Uh, you mean like Die Hard? I like Die Hard. It's one of the best Christmas movies. Um, I like Home Alone. I like Christmas Story, I like Christmas Vacation. Uh, but I don't sit down and watch too many Christmas movies, mostly. Now that I have kids, I probably will, but I can't find time for a lot. Of I watched Elf a couple, a couple, I think last year and the year before. It's pretty good. It doesn't really hold up like it the first yeah. year I saw it. But... It's pretty funny. It's funny. I mean, Will Ferrell's energy in that movie is so crazy. Like, I have to be 15 Christmas cookies in to be able to keep up with him. Just like, Santa! Like, every two minutes, Santa! You know, I I just can't. You want a more mellow elf movie? I want a Christmas movie that's a little bit more, like, background watchable. I don't know. I can see Which is like, what that's what Christmas story is. Exactly. So yeah. when I see Christmas movies, it's the time that I'm trapped with my family between opening presents and eating Christmas dinner. That's when I watch Christmas movies because there's nothing else to do other than be on my phone and have Christmas movies on the background. Yeah, and that's that's what I would that's how I would sum up what this movie is. It's a good movie to have on in the background if you've seen it because you can come in and out of it. You haven't missed anything. And, you know, if if Aunt, whatever, Petunia shows up and wants to give you a hug and tell you about her dog, you don't, you're not like, oh, I'm in the middle of this movie. Yeah, but you could be. <laughs> um, okay, so back to the movie one more time. Um, what What are your three favorite parts of that movie, personally? Okay, I would say... Probably, probably not most people's three favorite parts of the movie. Well, and that's, right? that's the, it doesn't have to be this, you know, favorite parts, but right. Okay. So one of my favorite parts of the movie is after the kid gets his tongue stuck to the pole on the playground. Yeah. 
and they're all back in the classroom and someone looks out and sees the kid and there's like the commotion and the fire trucks and the police officer and like everyone's head goes to the window and then all the kids run to the window and the two kids that like dared him to do it just sit there with their heads straight forward like <laughs> i loved that i thought that was really good that just was fun no, that's that's a good part um i like how when in that same scene the teacher's like well i think it's right after that right after they rip his tongue off the the flagpole uh the teacher's like i bet everyone who was involved with this feels really terrible and and uh he's just looking around like well that guy must feel really terrible (laughs) (laughs) well you know i also like when he says we always knew it was better to not get caught yes okay so that's one yeah yeah looking forward yeah so uh, it's always my favorite part of things when people look straight ahead that's really good stuff yep (laughs) uh so my second favorite moment was probably when after he uh gets caught swearing in front of his dad the next scene is him with the pink bar of soap in his mouth life boy life boy so then he gets he rats out his friend and then he gets sent to his room and the mom like grabs the soap and puts it in her mouth to taste it that i liked that that was really good well yeah and i think that cuts the core of this movie where it's it's mixing in your memories of what happened, but also the adult experience of what that must have been like from a different perspective, right? So this okay. is a, it's a memoir. Uh, so this little backstory, this is a, a novel, a book, a memoir that uh, this guy wrote, and then he they made it into a movie, and that's why it's narrated the way it is. So it is a little bit of like, here's what I experienced, and then here's the, you know, exploded view, like see what else is going on after the experience. And that that makes sense. So it is kind of loosely based on true stories or memories kind of pieced together. Well, yeah, it's a narrative based on someone's experience, but it's maybe not like true life documentary. <laughs> sure. So let me ask you this two part question for both of you. One when you were his age, so let's say he's, how old is he in the movie? 11? Yeah. So when you were 11, what would your parents done if they had caught you swearing and or did they? And two, have you ever had anyone put a bar of soap in your mouth? I never had uh, the bar of soap treatment, but I also uh, knew better than to swear. Like it just wasn't a thing you would do. I think I swore one time, and I didn't even know it was a swear. I had pieced together, like, uh, I was playing Game Boy. Uh, I think it was Kirby. Kirby some... Yeah, Kirby's Adventure, yeah. where you suck you suck in the guys, and then you sit on them to steal their powers. Yeah, yeah so... Yeah, yeah. Like, I had pieced... Come on, I, I did have a childhood. <laughs> I had pieced together uh, Jerk and Off. And I call you're such a jerk off. And my dad was like furious. Like, you can't say that. Don't ever say that again. And like, I couldn't stop saying it. Like whenever I'd lose the game. So then I like, I couldn't go on the like school field trip or whatever. But other than that, like no soap, never any soap. I have, a very, I have a very interesting uh, relationship with swearing. 
Um, for some reason, it's weird. I feel like I can't remember having, I, I feel like I had soap in my mouth once, but I don't know why. I can't remember the story and I don't think I might be making it up because of that movie. I don't even know. So I'm going to say no, it didn't happen. <clears throat> but the interesting thing about swearing with me is that everybody in my life swears like a sailor my whole life i've been hearing it from everybody especially you remember the 80s you remember parents in the 80s <laughs> they yeah probably not bill he's shaking his head <laughs> i know you can't see that on a podcast um my dad would swear my mom would my uncle would everyone would and i feel like maybe it might have been okay but i never did it uh i do have one experience where i was watching a sporting event with my mom it was a Seahawks game, and they, uh, the other team—I don't—I think it was a pick six. Some crazy thing happened. Well, Seahawks game got, in the '80s, you probably would have been swearing a lot. Oh, but hang on, <laughs> hold on to your hat. Depends on the year. Hold on to your Most hat, guys. Years. I stood up and I just was like, "What the fuck was that?" <laughs> and my mom <laughs> and my uh, my aunt both had a look on their face, like he just said the f word. And I was like, oh, sorry, guys. I just got really heated there. And then I ordered another beer because I was at Azteca when I was 23 years old. (laughs) And they were astonished that it had happened. And it's never happened since. I've just always been the kind of person who, around my friends, around people seen appropriate, I would just, you know, I learned how to swear when I was in, it must have been first grade. Yeah. And from then on, but now around my parents. Just thought it was weird, so I never did it. Okay, so I'll jump in here. So swearing was definitely not a thing that I was around at home, right? My dad was a pastor, and so he didn't swear. My mom never swore. Uh, And then because my dad was a pastor, no one swore around us either. You know, everyone was always, everyone always behaved differently around us, which is how I didn't know how people really were. Bill? What, at that time, what constituted a swear? Well, what was the line? I mean, my mom would get really mad at us if we said "shut up" mm. or <laughs> "or sucks." She really didn't like "sucks." So hell, uh, hell was off limits. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Wouldn't have thought of it. Crap, uh, crap was yeah. Good. No, no. Okay. So uh, a very conservative definition of a swear we we don't have time tonight to get into the different words <laughs> that we use for bodily functions in yes. my house okay That's but uh special right yeah plus i was homeschooled until fourth grade and then i went to school in canada right so it was just everything was a little different but i remember i was probably 13 and so my brother would have been 11 and my grandma lived with us, my mom's dad. And she Hold was on. your grandma is your mom's dad? My <laughs> no. No, that said that Thanks wrong. That. Yeah. No, my dad's mom makes more sense, right? Much better. We so, were about to get real deep into this. So my dad's mom, my grandma lived with us, and she was 45 when he was born. So mm. By the time I was 13, she was almost 90, right? So she was old school. And 
she was babysitting us and I was out in the yard. She was she was old school what? I'm going to get into it. Okay, good. Okay. So I'm out in the backyard with my brother, 13 and 11, and we are comparing notes on what we think swear words are. Boy, I really thought you were going to say dick sizes. <laughs> I don't know why. I just thought you were going to say that. And then you're going to, I got some words that I learned. <laughs> nope. Nope. So we were sitting there like, hey, this is a swear word. And I think this is what it means. This is a swear word. And I think it means the same thing as that one. Do you and, have any examples? Uh, yeah. I mean, we would never have said fuck ever, even to each other. But we were probably saying things like, well, shit means, you know, poop or and crap means the same thing as that. And then, um, you know, this is what an asshole is, but I don't think that's what it means when someone <laughs> says it <laughs> and bitch. Yeah. Right. So those those were ones that we were uh, explaining to each other and trying to figure out. So, where, so anyway, where would you have heard these? Where would these have originated well, I'd, from? At that point, I'm 13, so I've been in school okay, for okay. a few so years. You would have heard of from other kids at school. Yes, and in and Canada. you know movies and TV shows. And well, stuff, they would have said you know? "fuck," but then they would have said "sorry." Now, as we know, it's not from movies. <laughs> <laughs> well, right, that's true. Uh, so anyway, we get up from where we were sitting and we come around the corner and my grandma's standing right there, like with her arms crossed and has been standing there listening to our whole conversation. Oh, shit. And she comes around and she grabs me on the top of the head by the hair. And for a 90 year old woman, she was strong and she, she drug me into the house and she grabbed a bar of like dove soap and I had braces and she oh. just grated it on my braces like it was a cheese grater. <laughs> it was it was days before I got the soap out of my oh, teeth. Oh, that's awful. And was she like, quit being such a bitch out there. <laughs> <laughs> so I I think that's why that scene rang it home for might me. Might have been a little bit of a touch tone for old, right. little Billy Clem. Especially because 10 minutes ago, Ryan, you go, no, that's child abuse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was the second scene. Yeah. <laughs> um, third scene that I liked was uh, the Christmas tree shopping scene mm. where he talks about his dad being a master negotiator <laughs> and he like pretends he's going to leave and the guy throws in twine and offers to tie it to the car. <laughs> yeah, that, that is funny. Yeah. Yeah, that was good stuff. Did you guys go Christmas tree shopping as a family growing up? Uh, yes. We both went yeah. to the U-Cut and to the Lots, both. And That was an interesting way for him to say that. He said, yeah, we both went to. And I was like, did you mean me and you? <laughs> we went to both the U-Cut Lots and the Pre-Cut Lots. We cut a tree one time or two times maybe. And we used to go and buy our trees at Chebby and Tubby. Mm. which was a place in White Center that sold all kinds of weird shit. And then they also had Christmas trees in Christmas time. Chubby and Tubby was the shit. I know. It was awesome. Those three things that you... Hang on, hang on, hang on. I got a Christmas tree story. Here we go. (laughs) Well, wait. Well, then shut me up. Hang on. Let's hear it. Yeah. So we would always, every year... What does bated breath sound like? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, but you're waiting on it. So 
every year, like Christmas tree day was on the calendar. Like that was a whole day that we had been planning and we would always go to you cut lots and probably three or four lots in that day. And then sometimes we'd go back to one if we decided we wanted to go get one of those trees. And my mom had these yarn hats and I don't know if she had knit them or if uh, my grandma had knit them, but we each had a uniquely shaped hand knit colorful yarn hat. And we all had to wear our hats to the Christmas tree lot. And then when you saw a tree that you liked, you put your hat on the tree. And then eventually we would wheedle them down until one hat had four or more. I mean, one tree had four or more hats on it. And then that was the tree that we would cut down and bring home. Okay, let's, okay, we got to go back a little bit. <laughs> I'm going to start with, you said, wheedle them down. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that's a, I don't think it's wheedle. I'm pretty sure it's whittle. Well, but we were negotiating which tree we were going to take home, not carving them. So I think wheedle fits better. Okay. Well, that's fine. Um, also, I've discovered that every time you speak, <laughs> I, I never know what you're going to say next. And I always assume the weirdest things, but then, then you always top it. Cause <laughs> you did say she had these knitted hats and we all had, what did you say? Very unique. Did you say unique. Yeah. They were all different shapes and sizes and colors. Yeah. I thought you were going to talk about the shapes of your heads <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> But then I'm like, you know, yeah, that's like a thing I could say. But then I was like, no, I'm going to wait. This is going to get worse. You just threw your hats on trees. And yeah. I hope you guys all found the same one. And you went back and what is, what did, did you ever end up finding like a special tree that like glowed in the dark or something? No. What were you looking for? Consensus. So, I mean, there were six, there were six of us, seven if my grandma went, right? So did she have a hat? Sometimes, yeah. You know, it's, open it. what's funny is Full Metal so, Jacket style. In my family, <laughs> have you ever seen Full Metal Jacket? Oh, yeah. No. Put it on the list. Yeah, it, there were just a lot of us, and I think it was anything to keep us from fighting as much. So there, my family was two boys, two girls, my mom and my dad, and my grandma, whose name was Alice. So it was very Brady Bunch. So do you think that as a family, you would have fought over which tree to pick out? Uh huh. <laughs> okay well i guess you have that you're an only child you have no idea true but also i just know people and i feel like i would just say i mean sure you get that tree <laughs> it's just it's a tree uh no i'm i'm in bill's <laughs> camp on this there were only four of us and we all fought over what tree to get it was okay this one's better <laughs> no yours looks like shit ours was much mm -hmm. more of an argument though it wasn't like, oh, I'll take my hat and I'll just, you know, we'll we'll figure out a system. It was like, you know, somebody was mad, somebody was crying, and then we cut down a tree, and then it was Christmas. Somebody's going to emergency, someone's going to jail. It wasn't quite that bad, but it was Auburn. So a minute ago, I made a little reference to Full Metal Jacket, and Bill, you said you have, have or have not seen that movie? Never seen Full Metal Jacket. We need to put that on the list immediately? It is definitely on the list. I get that movie confused with wait, Apocalypse wait, wait, wait. Now. Okay. Great. Thanks. I Because I, I haven't seen either one. Right. And I think they're both about Vietnam. Okay. 
Uh, put Apocalypse Now on the list, please. I would say, Bill, um, as a point of not knowing what you're going to say next, when you're about to say, that movie reminds me of this other movie like you just did, give us a second to guess what movie you're about to say. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so Full Metal Jacket, is it about Vietnam? Yes. Okay. And then I have no idea who's in it. Is it? It's like a Christmas story, right? Where it was made almost yeah, exactly the same. A hundred percent. It's actually a remake of a Christmas story. What I mean so what is... Happens, no, I'm going to tell you. So Full Metal Jacket, what it refers to is the pole <laughs> the kid gets his tongue stuck to. That a, it's a fully metal jacketed pole. So okay. We'll start there. And then the rest of it, it, it really goes into the backstory about the pole and that kid. And then that kid goes to Nam and shit goes down. Well, hear so. me out. Hear me out. It is a movie that was made more recently that takes place a few decades earlier that's loosely based on real events. I mean, <laughs> sure. It's it, yeah, it's not a documentary that was filmed during the war. So you're right. Good. I mean, what, when you watch a movie about a war, it's going to be after the war, probably, right? Right. So, like, Full Metal Jacket wasn't made in the seventies, right? Which I think is when Vietnam was made. <laughs> I don't think Vietnam was made in the seventies. Modern day Vietnam, but not the not the <clears throat> conflict or the war. You don't think it took place in the seventies? No, because it was in the sixties. I thought it was like sixty-eight to seventy-two. Okay, so we're both right. <laughs> i guess we were telling which part you wanted to talk about sure sure like have you I'll... ever heard of the sum- the summer of love yeah that was hippies right <laughs> yes that was hippies was that woodstock it was the same year yes it was the same okay summer. so was that 1969 it was is that why they call it 69 <laughs> i mean it's not technically <laughs> Oh, boy. So, uh, fact check: uh, Vietnam War didn't end until 1975. Okay, I, but we pulled our troops out before that, right? I don't know. You know what? It's, even if we pulled out. them out early, it still counts. <laughs> this podcast took a weird turn. <laughs> uh, Ryan, what's one of your favorite scenes from a Christmas story? So I think back, one of the best is when they're in the department store waiting to see Santa and he's got his his master plan, right? He's going to tell Santa that he's going to get the BB gun or he wants the BB gun and Santa's going to come through for him because nobody else is going to come through for him. And then he totally draws a blank. They tell him to get a football. He's like, what's a football? And then they kick him down the, the slide. And I think that's so like relatable as a kid where you have this like oh, i got this master plan but then like the pressure's on and you don't know how to handle the pressure and you just totally screw it up like ryan i get that scene being classic and being funny for me that scene doesn't connect at all because i never saw santa claus in my life right right i've never taken a picture with santa claus i've never gone to a mall santa claus like from like Santa Claus was not 
well, a part of our discussion, a part of our life, a part of our like. Yeah. I never believed in Santa Claus, nor was Santa Claus something that you did believe in. That was by design, right? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, my, I guess my whole thing is like maybe it's not the connection to Santa Claus per se, but it's more the um, the just identifying with all your being, plans going wrong. Yes, all my plans oh. going wrong. Identifying with being a kid and like having such high hopes, but then not being able to do it because you're just a kid, you know. Rick, do you got a favorite memory from that movie? I have a few. Um, a lot of them are very hard to describe. Um, there's a lot of facial expressions and a lot of funny mannerisms in that movie. Um, it's never going to translate on a podcast, but me and my uncle used to laugh constantly when the guy delivers the leg lamp. The guy's delivering it. He's like, what's in the box? He's like, I don't know. Simon. And then he's like, but what's in it? And then the guy just makes this really funny face. So that's like one of my favorite parts, but that's not great for this story. Um, I also, so this is the problem I have is I feel like I get into bill territory where I'm like, Oh, I like the part where he looks forward. Um, Cause I like when they're in line, <laughs> for Santa Claus, when they're in line for Santa Claus and he's standing there and that kid walks up to him and he says something to him. And then he's like, uh, Sorry, don't bother me. I'm waiting for Santa Claus. <laughs> like he just blows that kid off. The, the kid with the like the aviator goggles on his face. Yeah, like the yeah, yeah. And he's like, I have no time for like, you, peasant. Yeah, yeah, get out of here. Um, and then the other, the funniest thing in the whole movie that like me and my brother-in-law will still like quote a little bit is when they're opening their presents mm. and his wife hands him the bowling ball and he she drops it on his lap. He's like. <laughs> Thanks a lot. <laughs> and he's like, what could this be? And he's like, oh, it's a bowling ball. <laughs> like, just drops. I mean, it's it's kind of like an adult joke, but it's also very funny and it's real low key. But I, that's the kind of stuff that I always dig about with movies like that. It's the same thing with like space balls. There's so many weird things in that movie that are like yeah, not. Bill doesn't know. Yeah. It's that's going to come up. It's on the list. Soon. Right. Oh, wait. Actually. Speaking of what's going to come up soon, we should probably get to the Clemometer. Oh, yeah. I think we're going to keep it. <laughs> unique New York. Unique <laughs> New York. Let's make this whole thing the drop. Just a, a bunch of shit cut together. I almost did a spit take. I don't know why the Clemometer sounds like bongo drum. <laughs> come on. This whole thing went sideways real quick. Yeah. Kilometer and, uh, I mean, Clemometer and homework. <laughs> I said kilometer. Every week, we like to uh, recap what Bill has experienced on his assignment by putting it on a scale. This scale we call the clomometer. Okay, so getting into the clomometer, we've got a ranking of a running total of everything we've talked about this season so far. And uh, previously, we had Goodfellas at... It was okay. Followed by the Rolling Stones at some of their stuff was listenable. And uh, at the bottom of the list was Pee Wee's Big Adventure in It's a Piece of Garbage That I Can't Believe Exists. Very far down the list, correct? Very, very far down the list. Yes. But, and when we look at the clomometer, we decide that Goodfellas is the top of the list right now, no matter. Correct. Just... It's it's the top of the clomometer, but it's still winter. <laughs> <laughs> 
you know, it's not a heat wave outside or anything because of Goodfellas. So, so approaching this, I was looking at Christmas story and it had some funny moments and it had, you know, some watchability to it. So I, I enjoyed watching it. I uh, initially put it slightly below Goodfellas, but up above the Rolling Stones and way above Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Um, However, as we've been discussing it tonight, I've been laughing, talking about it. And as you guys are bringing up other scenes you like, I'm I'm nodding along, which makes great radio and uh, going, yeah. Yeah, that was funny too. Yeah, I liked that look. I thought that was funny. And so I'm it's it's like instant nostalgia already. Uh it's like looking back and going, "Oh, remember when I watched that a week ago? That was funny." <laughs> uh so I actually think Christmas Story has bumped a little bit ahead of Goodfellas. Um on this merit, I would rewatch Christmas Story before I would rewatch Goodfellas. And I I was just thinking to myself, if I was trapped in an Airbnb and the internet went out, but the power still worked and there was a DVD player and all that was there was Christmas Story and Goodfellas, I'd pop in Christmas Story above Goodfellas. Okay. That's the most millennial thing I've ever heard in my life. (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever heard of a desert island? (laughs) There's no power there to watch movies. Okay. Well, I'm not going to argue with your rating. I I think that uh it's a it's a fair assessment. I don't think that you're totally <laughs> I don't think that you're totally uh off base with saying that a Christmas story is on par with Goodfellas as a quality of a movie. But is it still winter for a Christmas story? Yeah, yeah. It's not, you know, a it's cold winter, but it's right. Exactly. Yeah. Would it be yeah. the temperature of a house with um, the clomometer turned off? It's like one of those days where it's cold, but you're not sure if you should turn the heat on or not. Mm. And so you just kind of so tough like it out. The sun shining. But if you went outside, you'd probably want to put a coat on. But inside, yeah. it's probably fine. Yeah, you'd yell at someone for you'd yell at someone for leaving the door open, but you're not going to turn on the heater just yet. Okay. The clomometer has a warning of bring a jacket. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, well, <clears throat> I'm I'm kind of impressed that we were able to not have something low on the scale down by Pee Wee. Um, we had a conversation earlier. I think that I my next assignment for you is going to be Full Metal Jacket. Um, The reason I've chosen that today is because The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly was something we spoke about last week. And I think that's a very good one for you to watch. But I would like to be involved in watching that myself again because it's been a little while. Mm. And I don't have time to do it this week. So... (laughs) a movie I've seen plenty of times is Full Metal Jacket. And I think you need to get on that one next. Bill, before you watch Full Metal Jacket, I'd like you to just give me a little, have you ever heard of this movie before? I have 
heard of it. Yes, I think I've heard of it, and I think it's about Vietnam. Great. Can you give me a little rundown of what you think maybe this movie is about? Maybe who's in it? Is anything? Okay. If you can't think of anything, that's okay too. But what do you got for me? Okay, so I I get this confused with another movie I've never seen about Vietnam, Apocalypse Now. So I'm not sure which one's which. But I think Full Metal Jacket is the one that has like a helmet on a gun on the cover. And uh, I think that's how I knew it was about the Vietnam War. And I think someone goes crazy and stabs someone in their platoon. And uh, I'm not sure. Is Charlie Sheen in that movie? I would like to say that um, I'm not going to give you any answers. I'm going to let you just dig your own grave here. But I am proud of you that you describe movies the same way I used to with the VHS cover. That I used to <laughs> you really tipped our hand at how old we are. But... I've walked the aisle of a blockbuster one or two times. <laughs> What's the blockbuster? I'm the young guy here. Yeah. I think I'm the young guy here. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. By I like think Rick. Two months. Rick, you're the only one whose age starts with a four. <laughs> okay, so we're at Charlie Sheen. You th- so Charlie Sheen's in it, okay, right? I think Charlie Sheen is in it. And um, oh, I don't know. I don't know who else is in it. I have no idea. I think I just think Charlie Sheen is in it. Okay. Or maybe that's just because when people talk about Vietnam, they keep talking about Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> That's why. That could why. be it. Yeah. Um, well, I think we will just let you experience this movie and we'll talk about it next week and we'll see where we are with how correct you were and maybe we'll give you some answers. Okay, sounds good. Thank you for listening to another episode of uh, The Miseducation of Sheltered Bill. I would also just encourage all of our listeners to go out and watch Full Metal Jacket as well. Yes, we pay attention to the show notes, comments in the description below. Uh, if you guys have anything to add um, to the discussion, we definitely read all of the comments. Um, we really want the fans to be a part of the show. So um, please put a lot of time in the comments and, and, and don't be shitty. Like comment sections are always shitty. Please, you know, be respectful of your fellow listeners. Um, and find us on Instagram at at miseducation of bill on instagram and twitter email address miseducation of bill at gmail.com bill do you have anything uh nope just looking forward to full metal jacket where it lands on the clemometer as we head into the chili season rick anything to add before we wrap i would just like to say i'm very curious where full metal jacket is going to land on the clemometer I can't wait to hear it. I am on tenterhooks. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Uh, It's been good. We'll see you next week. Bye now. Bye. Bye.